talking about them good old days songs, movies, radio plays Conjuring up the old-time ways in Dad's Attic Yes. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. After another long hiatus, we are back again. You know, we start these things, and sometimes we have great intentions to keep them going, but things got away from us this spring, so. You have special needs right now. <laughs> yes. um, don't expect any podcasts from us come middle of October, of August. Yeah. Yes, there's a due date yeah. involved there, yes, so, yeah. <laughs> we'll have little extra <laughs> extra feedback on the mics during that time some sound effects <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah so that's what we just took a little bit of a break because you needed to you were busy well yeah things. it was just yeah. a lot i mean end of the school year etc working you yeah. got doctor appointments so, also i don't know how many times you and i called each other though to schedule one of these i'm like oh well maybe and maybe next weekend. <laughs> I know. Well, things are piling up. I know. I have been reading books, watching it's not movies, like listening we have, to records. We've been lacking in doing the research. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's been there the whole time. But and I miss doing this. So I know. I'm me glad too. we're doing me it too. today. I'm so yeah. happy. I'm going to start you with a joke. Okay. And this one might be so bad that we just we decide let's not do these. So anymore. bad it's good. But <laughs> but we had my challenge was come up with puns. Mm-hmm. Involving oh yeah pop culture you know the Rolling Stones one we had yeah. and that, so yeah um, remind me of that one again do you have it off the top of your head that was um uh, something doesn't gather moth or something oh yeah a it was a, 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 no taking moth. taking Mick Jagger on a on a butterfly <laughs> yeah hunting exhibition exhibition so it be it was something about a Rolling Stone gathers no moths <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's see what today's is instead. An expedition is what I meant yeah. to say. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other one was, so I've got one. This one involves the Beatles. Okay. You should get it because you're such a Beatle fan. <laughs> what Beatles song might come to mind when you think about a farmer? Oh, look, I know this already. Looking. <laughs> I think you told us one before. Maybe I told it to you before. Okay. Years ago. Well, I've, if I've it's had not, this if my, it's not, then you have a second. Farm-related Beatles pun. <laughs> Let's Maybe. hear it. Lay it on me. I hope I do have two. Because <laughs> this one might just, you might say, well, this is so bad. Let's not do this anymore. <laughs> what what, um, what Beatles song would you think of when you think of a farmer? What song would he sing? Would he break out into song looking into his horse's mouth? Just before the horse swallows, it's dinner. <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to have to tell what you. What is it? Hey, oh. chewed. That's pretty good, isn't uh. it? I don't <laughs> Hey, chewed. <laughs> I have to say, just before he swallows it, because it can't just be hay, it's got to be hay that the horse has chewed and is about to swallow. So there you are. Oh, man. I wish I could express could convey the facial expression I have right now to our listeners. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. I can protest. <laughs> the other that. one I thought you were going to say is the bovine oh, makeout sessions. 
Besame Bukow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody knows of that song. No. Even. That was in their arsenal way before I they were famous. And I mean, it's not yeah. even really theirs, but. <laughs> Besame, Besame Bukow. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, anyway. Oh, my goodness. How long? So it took you how many months to come up with that one? I've had that one. Have you? For a while, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It is fun to think of those kinds of things. That's for sure. Good. Well, what do you have to start with today? Oh, well, oh, I've got a little, speaking of Beatles, we just can't get off of them, but I've got something for you, and especially since I like to challenge you with these little song snippets, Okay. This one oh, yeah. has been on my mind for weeks now. I'm so... Well, let's talk about that. What? What is that? Beetle with a D. Oh, yeah. Beetle. B-E-A-D-L-E. Like Wordle, but with Beatles songs. Yeah. I do it every day now. Yeah. It's kind it's of like fun. It's like they play you one second at a time, and you have to see how fast you can identify the song. Usually, for me, it's pretty easy, but for some people, it's not. I think usually they play the very first part of the song. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not, but Sometimes usually not. it's the very first mm-hmm. thing. So sometimes it's kind of a just a little twangy yep. guitar chord, and it's really hard to guess. Yeah. Other times, Should you hear today's? help. You know, yeah. what, you know what else could it be? Right. You could guess the first word on Wordle, but there's no way you could have the knowledge to get it. No. You know, well, it would you just, could take it would a guess. A, that's what I'm saying. The, the best you could do to get it on the first try is take a guess. Yeah. For this one, you really have to know your stuff to get it on the very first try. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a little more of a mm-hmm. challenge there. And, and if awareness. you can't get it on the first try, then they give you three seconds. Right. Then they give you five seconds. Yeah. And by then, you should get it. Yeah. Although there are some unknown yeah. Beatles songs. I've been stumped you know, a for, handful for me, of times. personally. Yeah. 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 Some stuff off the Yellow Submarine soundtrack or something. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I have no idea what which one of these things it's from. Yeah. Or you'll hear a sitar, and it's like, well, it's got to be this, 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 or this. Yeah. Most likely. You can name the the ones that have a lot of that. Yep. From Revolver or whatever. It's kind yeah. of cool. Yeah. It's a fun, fun. one. So yeah. what were you going to... So, let me play this. I was listening to this song a lot recently, and then one day it just clicked. And maybe this, maybe this will seem obvious to you when you hear it, but it made me feel so good when I put this all together. Okay? Ready? Do you know this song? I don't know it. It sounds like a George Harrison thing from his solo years. No? What is that? Sounds like a song played at the wrong speed. <laughs> that funny you say that. I've got something to tell you about that part. Okay. That's John Lennon. Singing. No. It's Harry Nilsson. Oh. Many Rivers to Cross. He covered oh. a Jimmy Cliff song. Oh. And. Well, you didn't set me up very for then, success on that. No, I didn't. On purpose. Because then I was listening to that. I thought I was listening to it day after day. I really like the song. It's okay. a great song. <laughs> then listen to this. Oh, sure. Yes. Uh-huh. Number nine dream. I mean, now, specifically... And Harry Nielsen and John were best buddies mm-hmm. when that album came out, right. Walls and Bridges, yeah. Exactly. And then, I so then, what I did was go on this major deep dive into uh. this whole thing, 
learned all about their lost weekend era. Yeah. And it was interesting and pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think necessary for them to hmm. move forward, I guess. Um, but I mean. John produced Harry Nilsson's Nielsen or Nilsson? I think they say Nielsen. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry sure. if I pronounced it wrong. Um, he is the producer for Harry Nielsen's Pussy Cats. Pussy Cats. Yep. And that came out in '74, and so did Number Nine Dream right after Walls and Bridges. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so what was happening was he was producing this and he liked that little, I mean, it's pretty much identical, yeah, especially the, yeah. the orchestral parts in the background. If you really listen to that, uh-huh. um, it's the same uh-huh. <laughs> and he, he liked it. So he used it for his dreamy number nine dream sure. song. Yeah. Um, but it got me going on this whole thing. You know, he was having a hard time with Yoko. So she told him, you need to go have an affair. Which is odd, but... May Pang, how they worked? find her? I don't know. No, she was their assistant. Oh, okay. She so, was present already. Yep. Okay. Yep. So they went <laughs> off to LA and um, left Yoko in New York. And, I mean, it's kind of funny because you and I met her. Remember, she's hot yep. her she hot sauces. She was selling some kind of hot <laughs> hot sauce, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was cool because I learned <laughs> that uh, she, you know, she's, she explained that John later on would kind of poo-poo his number nine dream song but she told everyone that actually he really did like it. And he has, there's interviews with where he said he really, it, it, yes, it came easy to him. It just kind of popped into his head one day. It was a day. good song. Yeah. And I think he really was proud of it, ultimately. But then I got onto this whole Lost Weekend thing. Can I tell you about that a little bit? Sure. I, I just want to just add this. Yeah. That song was a hit on the radio. Mm-hmm. Along with, um, wow. there was another one from that album. Whatever gets you through the night. Mm-hmm. That was a number one hit. I, I love mean, that one. That was the only song that he ever and that did was that became number one. By heavily by Elton John. Well, he played on it. But I think he's the reason why it was so punchy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Because probably John wasn't really doing that kind of stuff typically. No. This really. And then happy... John did. Elton John did. Um, what was the Beatles song? Lucy in the Sky with uh, Diamonds. Somehow, yeah. we, somehow we made that a hit. I, it's so <laughs> inferior to the Beatles, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know. People liked yeah. it. So, But I think it's that, that's what I was going to touch on here is it must have been such a confusing period. You know, they had just broken up. They were still filtering through all the legal stuff at this point. Yeah. Lots of the bad Beatles, stuff. Mean, the Beatles, you mean, not Beatles. Yeah, okay. And they, well, they were having issues maritally. And... You know, he had, didn't have the best reception to that first solo album after it was made. So he was kind of floundering a little bit. And that's when he went off to do this time with... Well, Imagine came in there, too, before yeah. that. That was, that was a pretty big hit. But I think I think it wasn't like a... It's not like he had his feet on the ground the right way. He really did have a series of albums. Mm-hmm. The, the Sometime in New York City was a protest album, really. Mm-hmm. And that did not go over well. Mm-hmm. People didn't like it. I liked it. Um, mind games came, mm-hmm. and then finally, walls and bridges. Uh, yeah. So, but you know, I was reading this article, excellent article by Jason Green from Pitchfork. They they will take an album and a music. Pi- yeah, website. Pitchfork yeah. is a is like that festival, you know, mm. and they'll do a, they'll kind of review an album every week or something like that. And so they did this Pussycats by Nielsen. Wow. And um, one of the quotes he said of that era was that it was kind of like a time where 60s rock stars were going to seed. Oh. That's kind of the the feeling I think everyone was experiencing at the time. Wow. He said, at the, I mean, think about it. For this album, it was uh, somehow worked that you could just 
handpick these big names, Ringo Starr, Keith Moon, Nielsen, you had session musicians like Vorman coming in, and John Lennon, all together, he's producing this thing, they play a couple Bob Dylan covers, and they call it an album, and wow. it works, and they wow. have success, hmm. and, and meanwhile, they're all completely drugged out on cocaine and And the first alcohol. several that you named were dead a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Moon. Right. Um, name some of the others you named. Nielsen himself mm-hmm. didn't live yep, into he didn't the, li- long nope. into the 80s. Nope. Um, no, I mean, you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Mickey Dolenz was part of the whole thing, too, I saw. Wow. A lot of weird list of people who were part of this whole vampire, ho- Hollywood vampires, they called themselves. Oh, they just partied all the time. Yeah. And it was like the whole peace and love movement of the 60s was over. And mm-hmm. they were all over. And it was, but they still had this massive fame and success in some ways, but didn't know what to do with it. You know, wow. they were kind of just floundering. And so they got together and floundered together. There was this weird thing where um, the first and only time since the Beatles broke up, Paul and and John recorded together during this time. Hmm. But you would think it would be this cool thing, but it was awful. They were just coked out. And what the was result it? was this weird, like, it was called Toots and something toots and something or other i don't remember that at all it's not because no one wants to hear it it's not good Uh, (laughs) well they were sniping back and forth at each other on their solo albums too exactly it's just not a very pleasant time Hmm. i think not i think not for the beatles former beatles but for anybody it sounds like it sounds like it was a big transition period for just about everybody hot tuna was at its peak There were some good. There was some very good music in mid seventies, yeah. but some of those. You're but I'm naming, saying the people who dying. had yeah. been, who had made it really big then, maybe were kind of afloat at the time. Mm-hmm. So and disco I mean, was about to come on the scene. Yeah, yeah it was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. it wasn't quite as as driven the same way. And then I, there are these reports of Lennon getting into fights and punching waitresses and yes. having issues at the Smothers Brothers show. It's like what mm. the heck weird <laughs> running around with a cotex on his head or something yeah yep, you know? mm-hmm. yep weird very weird but then he re- made the realization my goodness i'm the producer on this someone's gonna ask where where the tapes are that we're producing at some point so we better do it <laughs> so he, he did make it happen and some of the music on here is really quite good it's kind of a pussycat i do remember that it came out i remember the cover mm-hmm. i remember that it was there the other Nielsen albums I know better. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of covers on it. There's, I think, th- only three originals on there. And when I put this together as I listened, then I, it was so obvious to me. So much so that I thought maybe it was obvious to everyone else, too, when you hear it. At the end, he starts doing this whole scream therapy thing, the same way Lennon has done. Oh, really? To the point where, I mean, Nielsen screamed so hard, blood hit the mic. Oh, And geez. he ruined his voice from oh. that. But he knew, it was almost like he... He knew there was a note on his vocal cords, and he just, it was like a suicide. He had one of the thing. most beautiful mm-hmm. voices, and it didn't. He said, they said it was like more than him. three octaves oh. of a range, and he just, you know, that was it. Yeah. It's just interesting. Another time when you realize how fame can impact you and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, he kind of squandered it, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. And then Lennon decided he was done after he, he couldn't handle it anymore, and so. He decided to move back to New York with May Pang, and then but then ended up ultimately back with Yoko. Of course, I think he needed to well, deviate he, for a while. And he then entered get back into on. that whole the birth of Sean and the mm-hmm. whole home right. body business. Right. Yeah, so it's too bad everyone couldn't have experienced that. But yeah, it was very interesting though. Yeah, I'm gonna have to shift gears here. Okay. 
because I want to talk about the two movies that you recommended. Oh yes, sometime much ago. different topic. I finally, yeah, I finally saw both of them. Um, I found the movie called The Stranger, nineteen forty six. Orson Welles, Loretta Young, Edward G. Robinson. Um, there was also somebody in that movie that I don't think you recognize <laughs> that it? you should know. I didn't recognize her face when I saw her because I never really laid eyes on her face. I knew her voice from radio, from the Cinnamon Bear. What? Yes. There was a character called Sarah. She was like a, a maid. Yeah. That was Martha Wentworth. Oh. The voice of the Wintergreen Witch. <gasps> You're kidding. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, cool. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so that's a... Oh, that gives me chills. That's uh, so Very, cool. very cool to see her oh in a movie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that was fun. Wow. And you recognized her from her voice? No. I recognized oh. her name in the very beginning of the okay. credits. And then I waited for her. And she made a little bit of, a, a bit of yeah. an appearance. And then I thought, near the end of the movie, I thought, well, well, that's it? You know? But then she had kind of a larger role yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to help Loretta right, Young. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah, but very cool. Oh, that's so, so cool. And in Ball of Fire, I watched that too. This is another movie that Willa talked about on an episode earlier here. Um, Ball of Fire had that really cool setting mm-hmm. in that old home. I knew you would like oh, that. God. Oh, God. That was something. With books just and... Just incredible. And just the ornate yeah. chandeliers. And the and, fact that they oh. could get that across with black and white oh did you remember that scene i told you about when she's wearing that that shimmery yes, dress yes yes i mean it's black and white i it know it just strikes you you it know sparkles you can oh. just tell it's beautiful beautiful dress and the whole premise i like too where mm-hmm. they're trying to these professors are trying to write <laughs> this book about slang yeah these terms they're so funny so goofy. that was gary cooper barbara stanwick played a kind yep. of a, a dance hall what would you singer yeah yeah dancer singer mm-hmm. and these stodgy old men you know <laughs> they have to help her you know yeah. take her into the, that home and and help her get away from these mob guys and all that yeah but and in the meantime she's ta- teaching them about all those slang <laughs> And these men are just so funny. <laughs> they don't. They don't know. One of them had been married and was a yeah, widower. The all the rest who, were the one who they always referred like, "Hey, you tell us what that means, or what, what, what should we do here?" He was like the one resource. And you know who played him? Someone we talked about, or I it? talked about some time ago on this podcast. Uh, Richard Hayden. Hayden. Oh, Richard Hayden. He's so funny. He's on a lot of old radio shows. And some TV shows. He was on that Dick Van Dyke mm. episode on TV where he played an old-time radio guy. Oh, Dick yeah. Van Dyke was trying to revive Right, radio. right, right. I remember now. Yeah. But he's the one who says he's got this voice, and he played the part in this movie where he did things like, um, he always will add a little extra syllable, <laughs> extremities instead of extremities. Um, um Nineteen fifty instead of nineteen fifty. He he always adds these little, but he always says it in this nasal voice too. I can't. I'm just a poor impressionist. But nineteen fifties, and he's just always <laughs> talks like that. And he's just. I think he's hilarious. And he was in that That's movie. Great. So I'm happy to see him. Also in that movie, I did recognize that Elisha Cook mm-hmm. that you yeah, mentioned. Yeah. He's very famous face, yeah. more than right anything. Um, yeah, I recognize him right away from yeah. from other movies. And there was Alan Jenkins, played oh. the garbage man. He had a big role. Right. That was a voice that you may have recognized. He was the voice of Officer Dibble on Top Cat. <laughs> he was voice of lots of characters on the Flintstones. Wow. Um, Alan Jenkins. 
good, funny wow. guy. Yeah. How fun. And the big one, well, Richard Hayden's big, but <laughs> another big one was Miss Braggs, who played the housekeeper. Ah. That was someone named Kathleen Howard, and I didn't recognize that name, but maybe I should have. She was, when I did some research on her, she was more famous for being an opera singer than anything. Wow. But she was in this movie, which was largely a comedy. Yeah. But she played, you know, a kind of a the housekeeper who was mm-hmm. bossing those guys around. She wasn't extremely funny in this movie, but she was the wife of W.C. Fields what? in It's oh, yeah. a Gift. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I remember you mentioning that to me. That, yeah, that was um, Amelia Bissonette. <laughs> or she would prefer Bissonnet. You know, she always would correct her husband for saying Bissonnet. How interesting how, yeah. how it all ties in like that. Oh, oh, my gosh. She was that battle axe. Yeah. She was the one that would say, ooh, funny the maternity hospital would be calling you. you know, or <laughs> um, when he's, he's out on the porch there, you know, me, who are you? Who are you getting pretty friendly with the neighbors and you're making so much noise out there or whatever? You know, she just was a battle axe in that oh movie. So good at that. So yeah, that's so funny. It's kind of like our own um, merry-go-round here that we didn't even. I mean, we talked about yeah. WC Fields a long time ago. It's true. And here we are talking about him again. A slow motion yeah. merry-go-round. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. That's so neat. And it's cool that you were able to find even more information than, I mean, I, I did some, but then well, for you, you to watch Well, you some it, things that I didn't know yeah. and I thought, so right? that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel about that scene where they shoot shoot everything up in the, oh, oh I yeah. hated that. Oh. Yeah. Things were getting broken in the. Yeah. In the beautiful home. Globes and lights oh. and lamps and things. Yeah. Faces. I it's just, my heart was breaking the whole time. <laughs> Don't do that. Go outside. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it's so funny how how your brain works. You, you, all you want to do is preserve all that stuff, you know? Or in an old movie, they'll have a like an automobile from the 40s. Yeah. It gets into a crash or hits a fire hydrant or something. It's like, oh. I know. know, A 1948 Packard. And even though it was shot in 1948, (laughs) they didn't care. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. So. Great. um, Something else for you or should I go to my next thing? Um, sure. I have a little piece of information. Yeah. And then I would like to talk about Hogan's Heroes. That was a topic that I hit upon a long time yeah. ago and have never done Addressed, it. I yeah. did a little bit of research on Hogan's Heroes. Um, okay. But before I do that, what? I live now in Sheboygan, but I grew up in Marinette, Wisconsin, and I get the Marinette County Historian <laughs> newsletter. We talked, again, a long time ago, we talked about this. <gasps> Wait, are they putting a... Uh, a statue? statue up? It's not a statue, oh. but it's a plaque. Okay. So that's second best. I wish they put up a statue. Because I know down in, uh, what's it called? There's a Chester. Chester, Illinois is a town where the creator of Popeye Ugh. was born and grew oh. up. And they have a statue of not the guy, but Popeye that's himself cool. is in that and town. I wanted to tell you one last detail about Nielsen. Oh, yeah. He, um, he was the one who wrote the soundtrack to the live action Popeye movie. Oh, really? So just another, just another little tidbit about He was Popeye. a great songwriter. I isn't know. that something? I wow. know. Isn't that weird? Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So funny you mentioned Popeye again. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> huh. A little bit well, of everything today. Well, in that way, I always thought they should have a 
statue of Mr. Magoo in Marinette because the yeah. creator of Mr. Magoo, when I was a student way back right out of high school, I learned that the creator of Mr. Magoo lived in Marinette, Wisconsin. Not for long. I think for a couple of years when he was in high school, he was in Marinette. That counts. And then he went on and <laughs> created Mr. Magoo. So they should have a statue of Mr. Magoo. Before and, before that becomes so obsolete, no one knows what the heck it I is. I know. <laughs> and Mrs. Rayburn from the Leave it to Beaver was born in Menominee, Michigan, right oh, across the bridge. They come should on, have a Menominee. statue of her. I know. Well, here it is in the historian, right on the front page. Marinette's John Hubley, creator of Mr. Magoo. <gasps> To be honored with a marker at the Stevenson Public Library. So they're yes. going to have a plaque on the wall outside Good. the library. And it's big news up in there. You write to them and say, it's about yeah, time. Uh, yep. <laughs> I've been hearing like my brother Bruce called me and said, did you hear about this? So big news in Marinette. Hey, nothing much happens up there. No. This is big. Yeah. It's hilarious. So... These little towns, them. almost every little town has some claim mm-hmm. to fame like that. They mm-hmm. should honor it or put, you know, put it totally in the town square or something. It's I don't only going to make your space look cooler, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. Well, Milwaukee has some statue of the Fonz. Right. You know, and that's, and, but look at know, everyone yeah. loves that thing. Yeah. They always go take pictures. They have another with one it. of the Crusher who is a wrestler. So Milwaukee has yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Of course. Who yeah. Who came from there. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot more famous than But than I those, think that's really. why it would be more fun for a smaller town to... Yeah. You don't have to do much work. You got this one little thing. You can make it big with that, you know? And here in Sheboygan, there have them. been people... I think the Cordettes mm-hmm. maybe would be the one, the can, best yeah. candidate for a statue. Well, I've got my Hogan's Hero stuff. Yeah. I was happy to have gotten <laughs> this from our can because I've always been curious about it. We watched it when I was a kid. It came out in 1965. I was eight years old. I didn't think twice about it. But really, 1965 was just 20 years removed from Hitler, wow. you know, his death and the end of World War II. So it seems so odd to me later on when I evaluated things like this. It's like, why in the world would they have a comedy show about World War II and so, prisoners, so it wasn't, recent. it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a concentration camp. It was a POW camp yeah. with these allied soldiers who were captured and they were in this, this prison, fenced in with barbed wire and all that. And then all these German officers yelling at them and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, that show that was popular and it was on from 1965 until 1971. How in the world would they do that? They had 168 shows. It was popular. It won Emmys. Um, Colonel Clink won two Emmys for best mm. comedy actor. And but here's the facts. You know, I was kind of uh, in the dark on this stuff. They did certain things to make it palatable for all of them. They couldn't do this any other way. Mm-hmm. First of all, Clink was played by Werner Klemperer. Schultz. Sergeant Schultz was played by John Banner. They were both Jewish. Wow. Um, General Burkhalter was not on the show every week, but he was a big shot who would come to the camp once in a while. Major Hochstetter was another one. These guys were Jewish. And they made it a priority that the, every time they the, the Allied soldiers had to outfox the 
mm. the ones in charge of that. There was no other way they were going to do it. Can you clarify? I really don't know this show. So are ah. the people you're mentioning, what roles were they? <laughs> Jew- they were Jewish, but what were, were they the, ah, who they were, were they the on Ger- the show? I'm, everybody I'm naming as Jewish, Yeah. they were German, the oh. German characters. So wow. here's the thing. This is how they did this. Interesting. It was a German concentration camp, and the whole thing was set up. It was silly, but funny. You know, I yeah. enjoyed it. The Colonel Clink was in charge of the camp. Sergeant Schultz was kind of his lackey who would go around and boss these guys around. And they would always get tricked, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, the, it was Colonel Hogan was an American who was kind of in charge of these guys um, who were captured there. The thing is, they set this up so that the, the captured guys made sure that they were able to accomplish all these things. They were kind of in charge of this network of escapees coming through camp and getting away. Mm. They themselves stayed. Like, mm-hmm. they never could leave, but they didn't want to leave. They tried to make take, make this seem like this was a place that had a perfect record. No escapes. Mm. So Clink, or I'm sorry, Hogan never escaped. He was always there, but he helped people Pass get through. out. Yeah. 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 So this is how it was set up. And these high-level Germans would come in once in a while for important meetings because this was one of the mm-hmm. best, safest places, they uh, thought. you know, This is one of the best camps in the whole of, of Germany. Right. So they would come there and meet, and that's how they would get in and spy on them and get the secrets and, and send the information on, and, <laughs> and they would defeat them at the battle over there. You know, So this kind of stuff happened all the time. The characters, the good guys, was Colonel Hogan, that was Bob Crane, and... Um, the other ones were LeBeau, was a French character. There was Newkirk, who was a British guy. Um, Ivan Dixon was an African-American American character. Carter was an American, too. They all had skills. One of them was a chemist. One of them was an electrician. They were able to pull off all these little things to help the cause. And the guy who played LeBeau was Robert Clary. He was a real Frenchman who was in the concentration camp for three Whoa. years. What? Yeah. So do you think it was sort of like the cathartic thing for that yeah, or something? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Looking the back on it The same way that, you know, when you, you told me about how Captain Kangaroo and Mr. Rogers were so, you know, oh. they were in the war times too, and then... Maybe turn to children's I television. To I don't know anymore if that's true. That was the rumor oh. that they both oh. that Mr. Rogers had all kinds of military tattoos on his arms, and I don't mm. know if that's true. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well that's that would be something to yeah. Verify. But but I mean, some, I, I wonder if if if, it, if it's true, it could be something similar in a way. I to... think now looking back, I think Fred Rogers did not do that, but maybe he did serve in the war. I think Bob Keishan, who did Captain Kangaroo, I think he did. Mm-hmm. see some battles and yeah. you know, was affected but what by a that. way to turn your life differently afterwards yeah. and, and to I take think control this, of it away in a way yeah and i think this clary guy he's the last one to he lived the longest of all of them he okay. died a couple years ago he was a young man when the show was made because mm-hmm. he was just a kid when he was in the kind of a teenager when he was in the, the concentration camps and he got through by being kind of an enter- entertainer uh singing and well, I don't know how that helped him but he right. he was able to, to get through it and out and kind of naive I guess compared to older guys who mm. saw what they saw and lived through what they lived but 
I would yeah. be curious to know what somebody who had, you know, they got such great reviews, mm-hmm. but somebody who was really negatively impacted by that experience, if they would I know. agree. Or... Well, that's when I've realized later, when I got a little older, I yeah. thought, what the heck? Yeah. So idiots like me and my brothers, we would watch it. It'd be and like having a was funny, funny, but... funny TV show about 9-11 or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's about the same thing. It's about true. the same amount of time years, has passed. Yep. Would you really want to have a comedy on TV about how funny it was and yeah. all this hilarious stuff happening around the rubble? That would be awful. I know. Yeah. But it, in a way, I mean, isn't that what how people you they get through these things with, with that communal humor and then they can... Yeah. All, it's almost like a... I mean, Spike Jones did that song about Hitler too and kind of just uh-huh. made fun of him, you know? And mm-hmm. that was a way to, to demand that respect back and you know maybe mm-hmm. take some ownership back i guess mm-hmm. maybe i don't know that is really interesting though they aired the show in germany for the really? first time for the first time in 1992 wow so those shows were close to 30 mm-hmm. years old then but i don't know how that went over yeah but i did read that and how one odd. other thing that that has to be mentioned i guess is this bob crane was a very talented guy he was not just an actor on that mm. show but he was a musician he played the drums he was a, an actor and lots of plays mm. a radio personality i wow. think he was in yeah in los angeles he was on the radio before he got famous doing these things he was murdered oh and it was real suspicious weird murder mm. and they never found his killer what the heck he was in a motel room i think in some place in arizona and he was beat beaten you know, head injuries with some kind of blunt instrument. Ugh. And they found some kind of a cord around his neck. And bleh. and what I read is that he, this, I, I just, no one really knows, but he, <laughs> the, the, one of the camera guys from Hogan's Heroes had the ability to make movies and knew yeah. how to use cameras and everything else. He and Bob Crane made these, they would get these women Ooh. and do these sexual, yeah. you know, Porno Not, movies or yeah. whatever, and then Bob Crane apparently didn't want to do it anymore, and that guy Ooh. was the, the main suspect. Jeez, that he came and did. I know. What a weird. That's a real mixed yeah. up thing. After that's that another example of where you can have great talent, and it doesn't mean you're just a great person. Yeah. Always, mm-hmm. people are complicated. Yep, complicated is right. Wow. But that's all I really want to say about Hogan's Heroes. Wow. What but, a yeah. wild ride. But isn't it a weird thing? You know, they, 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 like you said, it could be like 9-11, but all the anti-Semitic stuff. Yeah. That, that people, that, that had to have been just... I remember when Jack Benny starred... Meaning, meaning they had some of that on the show? It must have had some... No, but I'm just saying, they're, they're Jewish families turning yeah. on, oh, let's see what, what shows are on, right. you know? Yeah. Seriously. I remember when Jack Benny was, I don't remember it, but I remember reading about when Jack <laughs> Benny appeared in um, To Be or Not To Be, that movie. He had, he had to wear a, a Nazi uniform mm, as ooh. part of the movie. Wow. But he was, he was kind of doing something undercover, trying to help the good cause, you know. But his father went to see that movie, saw him in that <gasps> uniform, and got up and left the theater. Oh. And he was just furious. How could you play that part? You know, oh. and then Jack explained it to him, and his father didn't want to hear it. But he eventually convinced him to watch the whole movie, mm. and then he went back and saw it like. 
12 times. <gasps> he was very proud of his son. Wow. So, yeah, but these, I'm it's I'm sure painful. people, yeah. 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 Oh. And, I mean, it's it carries on for generations. That is true that, I guess I could see that being, uh, there seems like there could be two sides to this where you, it's almost empowering that they just, in the face of all that, did it anyway. And it's pretty cool that all these characters were being played by Jewish people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that must have been pretty empowering in some way. But it is pretty close to the time. And it, 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 this stuff in, impacts people for generations. It's not, It doesn't end. When when the war ends, it doesn't end. Yeah. The, the fallout is still... We still have have things from that time. You know, it's... it's mm-hmm. They say that it takes seven generations for trauma to Yeesh. subside. Oh, it's scientifically proven. And then new you know? ones come along. Exactly, exactly. Think about that. So, I don't know how, how much it helped that those guys were Jewish. Because I don't think everybody knew. Right. But no, I'm saying you know, maybe on a personal level for yeah, themselves. Yeah. That's what I was trying to trying to point out. Yeah. I see. It must have been cathartic for them to yeah. be and, right in it. And when the the news leaked out, I'm sure mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I didn't read the TV Guide articles yeah. about that kind of stuff or whatever. Somebody might be have, have found some comfort in that. Some Jewish person might have said. Did you oh. find any research on why, or like, who was behind the idea of making it and how it ever got produced? I mean, I'm surprised that somebody along the way said, didn't say, eh, maybe not, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Uh, well, I don't know the answer to we that. We should find that out. Yeah, I must have skimmed over that when I was reading about it. But there were other things like Mel Brooks did the. What was that springtime? For Hitler, that was a, mm-hmm. a spoof of a song right, in the right. producers, I think. Um, and when people first heard these things, you know. Geez. Yeah. When was Hogan's Heroes real popular? 1965 till 71. So I okay. would say 65 till 68, 69. It was probably more yeah. popular. Okay. Because that is that is interesting because we've talked about how there is that trend when real life was really hard for the general public mm-hmm. in, a little, a little before what you just mentioned, where all the shows were, I Dream of Jeannie, My Favorite Martian, uh-huh. Bewitched, all these really quirky, like t- so unreal because reality was too hard to. There, you couldn't make a comedy about reality at the time because it was too unpleasant. But then here they are making one about something real that was not fun. Mm-hmm. It seems like maybe that was the a grow, growing growth spurt in TV. Where they finally felt comfortable to address these real issues again and get back. And then we've got All in the Family and all those kinds that are comedies about real life, not aliens sure. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? We've talked about that before. The monsters. All that changes, yeah. It's like but people you know, were too, too sensitive for a little bit and then it got, and then we kind of sucked it up and <laughs> uh-huh. preferred the reality a little bit more. One more thing. One last thing. That show, I guess... You know it was a pretty good show when some things still survive till today, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Two things I'm thinking about. One in particular, people still say today, um, quoting Sergeant Schultz, I see nothing. (laughs) Because he would come in the room sometimes, and these guys are fixing up this bomb or something, and he'd look, whoa, and they'd say, oh, Schultz, get out of here. I see nothing. He didn't want to... Be get involved. Yeah. He was. This was the sergeant who was supposed to be overseeing all this. Yeah. Or they'd give him candy bars. Don't say anything. Okay, I, I see nothing. So people still say that. <laughs> yeah. When they see something they don't want to see, wish they hadn't seen it. Right. I hear people still saying that. That's from Hogan's <laughs> Heroes. And then 
Clink, too. Um, Clink was the character, Colonel Clink. He was in charge of the place, but he was kind of vain. They could come in and, and tell him how, you know, oh, you're so this and you're so that, and he would believe them and, and do what they wanted him to do. Mm. There'd be a picture of Hitler on the wall behind him. It seemed like this threatening place. Everybody spoke English, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was just kind of a given. Yeah. But he was one. I had a principal once who was much like Clink, and we all thought so, you know. <laughs> whoever got in there to see him before our faculty meeting, whoever Meaning got... as an employee? Yeah. Oh, okay. If, if whoever got in there... Not as a child, I thought you meant... No, 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 as oh. a, when I was a teacher. Okay. When Whoever got in there last, before the faculty meeting, that's what he would go in with. Oh. So if Mrs. Buchanan got in there after me, it's like, oh, shit, because he, he would do what she wanted. But if I got in there after her, I could talk to him, and pretty soon he'd be in front of the <laughs> faculty telling them this, what I wanted them to say. So that was kind of like Colonel Clink. Oh, Dad. <laughs> so wait, what? that's the thing that, that has carried over? What, what well, that's, that's not like the, the thing with I see nothing is yeah. more famous. I think sometimes people will say, well, he's just like Colonel Clink. Oh, I see. Easy to sway over to your right. side or whatever. Right. And that was almost a, a weekly thing yeah. where Colonel um, Hogan would go in and talk to him and schmooze him. And, and he'd say, I'm on to you, Hogan. I'm not doing that. you know. But then a little bit later, he would say, well, you know, I guess I'm okay. You know? And he would do it. And you could always talk him into doing these things. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> That is funny. So uh, clearly it was a, a big piece of the culture, so. Yeah, I think so. Popular show. Mm-hmm. And it, it had a lot of competition for Emmys. You know, mm. that, there was a, that was a, that was a kind of a big time for comedy shows. You know, the mid-60s, mm-hmm. there were a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of ones that people still like, so, yeah. Definitely. So, this was kind of fun, I yeah. think. Yeah. Should we close with the... Uh, ring around the rosy or whatever we call it. What do we call it? Merry-go-round. Merry-go-round? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, what are we going to start with? The thing is, I know. We, we always do this up here in this attic. We I look know. around the same <laughs> no, pictures. No, but I have one because <laughs> okay. you were talking about Colonel Clink. I'm going to start with that because when you were, and it's going to go back to Spike Jones because I think of that oh. clink, clink, another drink. Right away, <laughs> right away, I was thinking about that. So I don't know what that song's called, but that's, your, that's yours. <laughs> clink, clink, another drink. I will do, because I looked at the records that you were kind of getting rid of the other day, uh-huh. and one of them was Mario Lanza. I wasn't getting rid of them, just storing them. Yeah, storing them away, yes. yes. But there was one from Mario Lanza, and... Why drink, pe- drink. Yes, da, 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 da. from the Student Prince. I just love that oh. record. <laughs> drink, drink, drink. Mario Lanza. It's a beautiful song. It's so empowering. That's a good one. <laughs> you don't, you, you get really thirsty after you listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Mario Lanza. Mm. Mm. Or a drink. Or Student Prince. Oh. I'll go with Prince. Prince. Well, I could go into some Prince song that's what I was first but I'm not going to okay. I'll do um, someday my prince will come oh by Miles Davis oh he did a version of that wow. song yes interesting <laughs> so specific <laughs> <laughs> okay 
and we're trying to get back to Clink. Oh, we're never going to do this. This is going to be more of a roller coaster, I think, than a... Colonel Clink. Colonel Clink, okay. If you can get it back to some popcorn <laughs> reference. <laughs> Colonel. Okay. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> wait, what, and what was the last one you said? Miles Davis, right? Yeah. I can see for miles and miles. Oh. The Who. Ah. I could end this real quickly. Since you talked about the Who. Knock, knock. Who's there? Orville Redenbacher. Isn't that the guy's name? Yeah. Popcorn. Colonel. Clink. <laughs> okay. Uh, I that's cheating. Oh, uh, you do? I oh, I was just, I just, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about not getting there. So I, when know. I saw a little. It's, it's kind of like when you're crack. at a party and you're talking to somebody and you don't necessarily want to be done talking to them, but a perfect opportunity to say goodbye has come up. <laughs> you don't know if it's going to happen again in five minutes, so you just take it. <laughs> Have you been in that situation before? <laughs> uh, not in a long time, but yeah, I can remember. I remember talking. I don't actually want to stop talking to you, but the chance of us. Perfect ending yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. we better take it now. We might not have it again. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh. Well, let's uh, wrap it up. Next week, or next time we get together, um, I'd like to tell you about Little Richard. Little Richard? Yep. Huh. Do you have anything well, you're, you want to talk about next, next time? time? Yeah, I've got a song that I'm going to kind of gripe about. Nope. Famous. What's new? <laughs> What's new that's old? Yeah, yeah another That's old now. Dad dreaming about songs. <laughs> I heard one the other day and I made me think, oh, yeah, this song's yeah. been around my whole life almost. And what's going on with yeah. it? You know? So I never, huh? never really wondered, but yeah, I've got some questions now. And I have a couple other things too. Okay, cool. Okay. Sounds good. We'll see you next time. Yep. Bye bye.